0: Maybe you've seen this before, maybe you haven't, but we're going to break this down just a moment, but I'll explain. We start a relationship by trusting Jesus, we start a relationship with God, we're made right with God by trusting Jesus, and then we don't stop there, but we move on to live a life that honors God. We find out, what does the Bible say, and, and what do I got to do to follow God's word? How do I be obedient to God's word? That's that second phase of honoring God, and then it doesn't even stop there. But now we, we come full circle and we say, okay, now that I have trusted Jesus and I'm learning to honor God, how do I help other people do the same thing? And that is a full circle pursuit of God. And the question is, I want to help you find out where you are at. So where are you on that circle, on that spectrum of what a full circle pursuer of God looks like? And before we even um, jump into to those three categories, uh, one thing I did want to say is if you're here today, if you're seeking, you're not quite sure where you're at, if you make a decision to pursue God, you will find him. That's a promise that God gives us, is, is that, that he may be lost to us or we may be lost to him, but if we pursue him, we will find him. I don't know if you've ever lost a child in like a grocery store or at the park or something. But one day, we were at Lagoon for a company party a couple of years ago. Man, it was probably more than a couple of years ago. My middle son was three or four years old, so he's just a toddler. And we're standing in the line in Lagoon to get on Bombora. And uh, all of a sudden, we're looking around, and we cannot see Rylan anywhere. And we're just freaking out. We had a group of people with us. And there was water nearby, and so we were definitely scared. There was fences around the water, but kids can climb over things. But we were running around, and I don't know how long it really was. It was probably like 5 or 10 minutes, but it felt like 20, 30, 40 minutes that he was lost. And we were freaking out, running around, and and lo and behold, he was right there by the ride in the locker place where you put your purse or whatever when you're getting on the ride. He was playing with those little dials on the locker but so we found him but we were searching high and low uh stretched out we were willing to go to any lengths knock people over as we're looking like button in line we need to find our child you know recklessly trying to find our child and that is what the bible says god is like with us he sent his son down to come and to seek us and to find us, we were lost and we're like that child that he loved, that he searched after, recklessly coming down, not, not caring what was going to happen to him. Knowing what he would have to go through to save us, he came to seek us. And that's what Luke 19.10 says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Why would God do such a thing? Because he loves us. Because he cares about us. He has good plans for us. He has some, um, a life mapped out for us, a plan of life. Not to just save us and leave us to our own devices, but it's beyond salvation. He wants to save us for good things, to do things, a purposeful, meaningful life. Here's what he says even in the Old Testament to his people, a promise that we can grasp onto, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. There's that that last verse there. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. When we built our first Alpine church in Riverdale on one of the pillars, we inscribed that verse on it. And, and from that verse comes this whole saying of pursue God. Uh, if you will pursue him with your whole heart, you will find him. And so we made a whole website around this and everything, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But this is where we, we get how, how we understand that God makes a promise. If you pursue him, it will happen. It's a promise. You will find him. He's not into playing the game hide and seek, okay? He wants to be found by you. His purpose is to be found by you. And actually, the truth is, is before you even decide to pursue him, He's pursuing you, the Bible says. It says he knit you together in your mother's womb. He had all these plans for you before you were even born. God is pursuing you. And so there's no coincidence uh, why you're here today or why you're in church or why you uh, have a feeling or a nudge to come and be around God's people and to hear his word. It's because God is pursuing you and me. And isn't that wonderful? That's a great promise to grasp onto. And then we move into our full circle pursuit of God, which starts by trusting Jesus. You see, we understand now that there is a God, and so we say, who is he, and how do we find him? How do we get to know this God? And I think all of us would agree that uh, relationships are a big deal. They're very meaningful. They're essential to our lives. I mean life would not be worth living if we didn't have relationships. But there's a great relationship that many people are lacking out there in the world, and it's a relationship with the one who created them. But there's a problem. We can't all have a relationship with God because we have this thing called sin. Sin that separates from us from God. It drives a wedge between us and God. And what sin is is any time we trust in our own opinions, our own ideas rather than God and his truth. That is sin. And simply put, the real definition of sin is missing the mark. And so God is a holy and just God. He has a high standard that he would have everyone around him live by, even his angels. There's a high standard, but everybody misses the mark. Everyone, even the holiest person you know, misses the mark. And so sin has drove a wedge between us and God, and because of that, uh, God and us are not Together, We are not in a relationship. It, it is not the way it was meant and intended to be. We all have this disease, and it's, and it's not just from our own actions and our own sin, but it's a disease like hereditary passed down from generation to generation all the way from the first people on earth. When they chose to go against God and trust in their own opinions and their own ideas rather than God's truth. And so that sin separates us from God. But God says, I can take care of that because he loves us so much and he sent his son to come save us. He says, I've devised a way to make it so that you can be right with me. And it's by placing your faith in Jesus And what do we trust? What is our faith about in Jesus? It's about that Jesus is God in the flesh, that he was sent down here. He lived a sinless life. He was born as a human, fully human, but yet fully God. He lived a sinless life in order to die on the cross to take our penalty, which we deserve. We deserve death. And separation from God. And Jesus on the cross, there was a moment when he was separated from God. He took all the sins of all the world and took it upon himself. And he took our place. And so to be healed from this disease that we have, that we we can't cure it on our own. And there's no doctor in the world that could help us except for Jesus, who is the great physician. And we come to him by faith and by faith alone. Here's what Romans 3.22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So our sin problem is healed when we trust in Jesus. He has the antidote, if you want to say it like that. He is the great physician the Bible calls him. So my question to you is, if, if you are there in that category, of, around, if you remember that full circle pursuit of God, have you made a decision, have you made an appointment with Jesus to become healed, to be made right with God? Have you done that yet? And when you do, we call it a defining moment. The one thing about about this portion of the pursuit uh, is greater than any other because the rest of the time you're growing, but a faith in Jesus Christ happens in a moment in the blink of an eye, when you trust him, it happens then. There's no growing in salvation. It's a free gift automatically credited to you when you trust in Jesus. And that's where that's why we say it starts with a, uh, with a relationship with Jesus. It starts by trusting him and him alone. That's how you start a pursuit of God. But then... After you've understood that, maybe you're a Christian in the area of wanting to learn your live to life, your life to honor God. And that is what we want to do. You become a Christian when you place your faith in Jesus. And really what Christian means is follower of Jesus or little Christ. Um, and so we're now wanting to follow him and taking his example on how to live and all his teachings on what he said for us to do. And we want to become more and more like Christ. And that is how we honor God. And as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, I, I hear all kinds of stories, even in my own life that this happened, but many people come to faith in Jesus and they say, now what? I, I can't seem to grow. I can't seem to stay on track. I keep falling back over and over again. I don't see what's going on. As a matter of fact, there was a survey done of over 500,000 Christians and 70% of them said that they all feel stuck in their relationship with God. And so that's a huge percentage of people. And so I would venture to say and believe that there are many people here today that feel stuck in their relationship with God. So the question is, how do we get unstuck? And I believe the Bible The Bible is one of the greatest ways to grow in our relationship with God, understanding how he wants us to live. So that's exactly where we're going to go. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 21 through 24, Paul is writing a letter to a church that he had planted, and he says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, so since you've now believed in Christ, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. So it says, now that you believe in Jesus, put off your old way of life. Struggle and fight with your sin that so easily entangles you and, 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 and ruins your life and causes so many consequences. Fight against it. If you're a believer, you should be trying to put that off every day. Now we'll never be perfect. And we will always probably struggle with sin, sometimes on a, a daily basis even. So we're not saying become perfect. We're saying, now that you have this new nature, because the Bible says right there, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. One thing, how we honor God in this stage of our life is the Bible says that when we place our faith in Jesus, at that moment, he gives us his spirit. His spirit indwells each and every one of us. And now we actually have the power to do something about the thing that disgusts us and how we the way we live our lives, okay? Now we're like, We're constantly at this fork in the road where we've got to choose. Am I going to go my old way, my old nature? Am I going to follow God? How do I do that? And you're constantly struggling, okay? So I hate to break it to you. If someone ever told you that coming to Jesus was like all gumdrops and lollipops and it was going to be easy, I'm here to tell you that it's not, okay? But it's worth it. Good things in life aren't easy. They're worth fighting for. And this is the most important thing that I would say uh, that you need to have in your life is God in a relationship with him and growing to honor God. But you see, God gave us his spirit to be able to put on the new nature. There are many different other ways we, we live to honor God, and I want to walk you through a few of them. Uh, first of all, I just want to say part of honoring God is, is worshiping God, coming to a worship service on Sunday. So you guys are already doing it, right? You're already, you're already pursuing God and you're honoring God. You come here. You've come to sing together with his people. You're praising God. You're praying to God. That's part of honoring God. You're, you're, you're coming here to maybe take communion today if you're a believer. Uh, you're coming here to hear, hear messages. You're, you're coming to here to hear the truth from the Bible. And those are all ways that are going to help you to, to, to honor God. But sometimes we, we don't get, why do we do church, you know? Why, what's the point of meeting together all the time? And, and this is the way God designed for the church to be and for people to be in relationship with him. Not just individually. Like, I can't go be a lone ranger at home and say, you know, me and God are good. I just don't like people. That, does anybody remember the second, com- the second commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself, It's really hard to be a Christian if you can't go and love other people and be around other people. Um, Here's what the author of Hebrews says, And let us not, not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. So oftentimes, you know, things happen and relationships get hurt and people get offended. But I, and it's happened in my own life, but I remember this verse, like, I can't let that stuff distract me from what I need to do. I need to be pursuing God. I need to be around his people. I need to be meeting together, praising God, worshiping God, and even serving God. And so here at church, we talk a lot about serving, you know, joining a serving team becoming a part of it because after a while you start to realize that worshiping God isn't all about me it's actually about him when I come to church it it starts to change from being all about me to being all about him and we start thinking about I'm going to go because God deserves it God is worth it he deserves to be praised and and this is my service to him you know, we call them services at church. Have you ever thought about that before? You're coming to to serve, you know. And some are also being served. And so you might, maybe you're here and you're like, you know, I would challenge you. Would your prayer be when you come on a Sunday morning is, God, please give me someone that I can encourage, right? Because it says it right there. But encourage one another. God, would when I go to church today, let's not have it all be all about me let it be about you and let it be about someone else a one another that I can encourage God would you put someone in my life in my path today that I could come and encourage and then the other thing is with serving I found out this there's an interesting study a guy wrote a book about serving in church and he says this it's called the 70-20-10 principle he says that human beings um, they learn these are three different categories in which human's being learn. 70% of how we learn is by hands-on, jumping in, getting involved, serving, and working. 20% of how we learn is, is by uh, feedback, one-on-one relationships, and mentoring. 10% of how we learn is by listening, by hearing lectures and sermons, okay? And so while what I'm doing is important, and I'm not going to say that it's not as important as some of these other things. Well, I'm standing up here talking to you or whatever, but it's just not enough for you to learn what you need to learn. And so if 70% of how we learn is actually jumping in and doing something about it and working and having your hands on it, then I would I would be a terrible spiritual leader if I didn't say you guys should get involved at the church because this is going to be the best way that you can learn how to become like Christ and honor God. And so that's why we talk about it all the time. There's so many different teams that serve here at church. And, and, and just so you know, in this sermon series, next week and the week after that, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about the body of Christ and serving and all of that. What it means to be a, a church collectively, locally, and what that means for you individually. So please come back the next two weeks for this series. But then there's also this thing that we do called giving, okay? We give because, as we said earlier, how could we reach more people? Like, like getting involved um, in this aspect is, yes, the, the church uh, requires just like everything in life to be able to grow and change and do and perform its mission. The church needs money to do that. Now, do we believe that God will provide? Yes, we do. But God provides through what? Through who? His people, right? God provides through his people. And so one way we honor God is by being generous to the local church or being generous to people in need. We honor him by saying, look, money is not my idol, I do not worship God, or worship money as my God and put them on the altar, and, and I don't find all my security in money, but I believe that your word says that I find my security in you, and you are God, and I shouldn't have any other idols or gods before you, and so I say, look, you said if I give some back to you, I won't have to worry about anything. You'll take care of me. I trust you. And so that's one of the ways that we honor God. We show him, we step out in faith and we say, look, I believe what your word says. I don't want to stay stuck where I'm at. I'm going to take steps of faith to follow you and do some of the things that you said to do in your word. There are several other things. We've covered a lot in this honoring God faith. There's there's being obedient. Like if you're a believer, uh, deciding to get baptized to profess your faith. To symbolize your faith, getting baptized is a way that you honor God. You don't get saved by it. You got saved by trusting Jesus. But you honor God by being obedient and saying, I'm going to do what it says to do in the Bible. Again, he says, and I'm going to talk about communion afterwards. But he says, do this in remembrance of me. So we do it. I don't question it. I know I don't get saved by it. But I say, okay, I, I understand that you want me to do this in remembrance of you, and I'm going to do it. And I'm blessed by it. When, I, when we are obedient to God and we follow him, we start to grow closer and closer. We start to understand the mind of God and how he wants us to live. But here's the problem. So many times churches stop there. They say, okay, now we're on a never-ending pursuit of knowledge and growing closer to God. And growing closer to God and knowledge are great, trust me. I am obsessed with the Bible. I love it to death. I read it all the time. I want more knowledge. I want to be able to share, okay? But, but so many people stop with just that, okay? We, we're, we're learning to live to honor God, and so we're going to just, you know, have this holy huddle, and whoever can't keep up with me, I don't need them, and I'm just going to surround myself with the holiest people I can find so that the, I don't get dragged down. And some churches sadly do that. And they forget about reaching out. They forget about sharing, sharing the truth with other people. They forget about uh, needing to reach more people. And some people are, are even, they're, they're self-conscious, you know. And I understand that. You feel like, well, how could I reach out or share or do anything? I don't have enough knowledge. I'm not holy enough. I haven't been doing this long enough. I need to be mature Christian first. So many people would say that. And I've said that before in my life. but what we've found, what I have found in my own life and what I read in God's word, is that we mature as disciples by helping other people pursue God. So we don't wait till we reach some kind of level or status in the Christian life, but we mature when we decide to say, "Hey, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to hang out with you, sit and talk with you. Here's what I know. Jesus saved me. Here's my story. I was once here, and now Jesus has changed my life. You know, I'm not perfect, but here's what I can share with you. And if I don't have the answer, I'll go find it. I'll go find it to give it to you. If, if you're asking questions, you see, so, so many times we're, we're intimidated by helping other people pursue God. But if you feel stuck, this is the greatest way to get unstuck, is to help other people. I know that in my own life when I started, I started trying to learn the Bible because I had this deep passion to reach people. And so I didn't know a lot, but I was like, I need to know more so I can share it with people. And so it it caused me to jump in more, not even for my own selfish sake anymore, but to help other people. And that will happen in all of our lives when we sit down and, and it just like makes you prepare for a conversation. You know, when you have that mindset and attitude of reaching out to lost people or reaching out to your coworker or your neighbor or your family member, you're like, I'm going to be prepared for this conversation. And it pushes you to do that. I want you to consider what's the greatest thing that you believe you could do in your life. The most meaningful, purposeful thing you can do. Jesus says is to learn how to be a fisherman. Now you're like... Yeah, I got that down, right? <laughs> some of the men in here, maybe some of the women, and maybe some of the women are thinking of someone they know or uh but is that what J- what did Jesus mean by becoming a fisherman? It wasn't just to fish for slimy nasty little things that come out of the water that most people don't think taste good. I like them by the way, but I I don't get to eat fish a lot cuz my wife doesn't like it and so you know when your wife doesn't like something you don't get to experience the uh, wonderfulness of fish um, but it's not just about it's not about that okay here's what jesus said this is this will bring it into context this says jesus called out to them come follow me and i will show you how to fish for people and they left their nets and followed him it's interesting jesus This is the first time these guys meet him, his disciples. The first time they meet him, and he comes to tell them, here's what's going to happen in your life. When you follow me, you will become a fisher of men. You will make disciples. You will reach out. This is the full circle pursuit of your life, and I'm telling you the end. You're just starting here, but he starts out with the end in mind is now you will have this new purpose to go and to be fishing for other people. It will not be about you so much anymore. It will start to be, I will use you, I will gift you with my spirit, I will give you abilities and talents that you never thought that you had or could have to be able to do what I want you to do here on earth. And that for me, I don't know what that does for you, but for me, that's what I'm looking for. You know, so many times in my life I was looking for what could be the next thing that's going to make me happy. What's going to be the next thing that, that is going to take uh, a, a great portion of my time because I don't want to be bored. What's the next thing that's going to give me the feelings that I want. What's the next thing that's going to help me get closer to God. And it's this. And he said it at the first he said it at the very beginning, if you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And so many times we we miss out on this, fishing for people. And so what does that look like then? How do I fish for people? I'm not sure what you're talking about. And I'm sure some of you could put it in your mind, yeah, I you know, I, sh- I can talk to my coworker at work, or I I talk to my family, I share verses, I say things on Facebook. We use this website that I'm going to talk to you about in just a second, but what is it really? Like, how complicated does it have to be to help other people pursue God? And Paul, in another letter he's writing to one of his churches that he planted in Thessalonica, he says, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. So we see here, look, to make a disciple, to be a fisher of men, to, to, to have discipleship happening, you have to have God's good news, the gospel, God's word, and you have to have love. So you have relationship and you have Jesus. And if you have those two things in a relationship, that can be the start of discipleship that's what it takes it doesn't have to be so organized or so cookie cutter or whatever it is but just start thinking about how you can build relationships with people and how can this turn into a discipleship type of a relationship where i can bring in god's good news and word and so now i want to share before i close i have a video and i'm going to jump right back after that and close but i have this video of um kind of an introduction to a website that we have called PursueGod.org. And we use this for this very thing, mentoring, making disciples. And, and so it's really easy. You don't have to have all the knowledge in the world. You just look up. There's over 2,500 different conversations and articles on spiritual things, on things that relate to the life Um, that you you watch a quick video and share it with someone. It's got Bible verses in there, and you're just having a conversation. And so let me play that video for you. Hey,
1: Alpine Church, it's Pastor Brian. And in this quick video, I want to give you a tour of our brand new partner page at PursueGod.org. That's what you're looking at right now, and you can find it at this URL. In fact, I encourage you to type it into your phone right now. Go ahead. You can pull your phones out while you're in church, but only if you're pulling up this link and adding it as a favorite on your home screen. Now, you'll notice when you go there that you can open up this tab and figure out how to use PursueGod.org. And for those of you who want to request a mentor at Alpine Church, You can fill out this mentor request form, and that information will go straight to one of the pastors or leaders at your church, and we'll get you connected. In our Featured Topics module, you'll find all kinds of conversations you can have with your small group or your mentor or your family, and you can sort them by faith, by family, by life, and by sermon link. And every single week, when you show up to church, that first one that you find there is going to be the sermon that we're preaching that week. So when you get your coffee and find a place to sit, you can click on that newest link at the top and get ready to hear a great sermon. You'll also find a link to our sermon podcast where we post our sermons every week from all of our campuses. And you'll find a link to PursueGodKids.org That's where you can find the topic that your kids talked about in kids' church that week. And finally, you can find a link to Flextalk.org as well if you want to use this in the workplace or at school. As you scroll a little bit further, you'll see that we have the pursuit. This is our 12-week discipleship track. If you haven't taken it yet, I encourage you to go through this one with a mentor or a small group. And finally, at the very bottom of the page, we have video playlists. These are the videos that we share at our campuses from week to week. Videos like the one you're watching right now. And if you want to see past videos, just click on the icon in the upper right corner. That's where you can find past spotlight videos so that you can watch them again or share them with a friend. So that is our brand new partner page, PursueGod.org forward slash AC. Use it every single week to talk about anything that matters to you, from the sermon you just heard to topics on faith and life and everything in between.
0: Okay, so I hope that today has kind of been informational to you, has helped you understand what is it that we believe about a full circle pursuit of God. When you hear us say that often, that is what we're talking about is, is moving people all the way around into a full circle uh, pursuit and relationship with God. Not just. And if, if you're here today and you feel like you're stuck in one of those areas, and you want prayer, you want a mentor, you want to find out how can I get unstuck or how can I continue to grow in my relationship and be a part of this thing, not just individually but collectively, which I know all of you do and or else you wouldn't be here. Uh, please come forward. I want to pray with you. I want to talk with you. We'll have other leaders up here to pray and talk with you um, as you go. But before we end, I want to ask the... Uh, the uh, worship team to come up now and I want to explain this thing about communion that I said I was going to explain and that's how we're going to close today every first Sunday of the month we uh, take communion as a church and and like I said before in the Bible before the night before Jesus was going to be crucified he uh, met with all of his disciples in the upper room and and they still didn't know what was going on and what he was going to do um, but he was telling them over and over again, look, I'm gonna ha- my body's going to have to be broken and I'm going to have to be put up on a cross and killed, but I'm going to be raising up after the third day and I'm doing this for you. And so he does that that night and uses this symbolism of, he says, look, and he breaks the bread and he passes around and he said, he says, take this and do this in remembrance of Me. This represents my body, which is broken for you. And then he says, likewise, take the cup and he passes around the wine and he says, take this. This represents the blood, my blood that was spilled and poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we obediently do this. And as we do it, the Bible says that we should examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. That's what the Bible says. So if you have trusted Jesus, for salvation today and you want to take this step or just collectively, if you do it every every time we do it, please let's celebrate together what our Lord and Savior has done for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us here together today, God. I pray that you would unite us around the vision for your church, God, that we would be disciple makers, that, would, that we would just learn how to... Um, Ask for help that we would learn how to humble ourselves to see where we're really at. Examine ourselves. Help us have strength through your spirit to, to fight sin and to put on our new nature. Help us to go out there and help other people pursue you, God. Empower us to do this. We thank you for this gift you gave us of remembrance in communion, God. Let us take this in worship toward you today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.